welcome back to another episode of Repent North America podcast that you can listen to on Listen Notes, Google Play, iTunes, and all the other distributions of RSS feed. And I am Pastor Trey Sorcraw, privileged to be your host again in the ministry of repentance and holiness underneath the blessed senior archbishop and general overseer of North America, Louis Lupo, and we all are under the strict guidance and counsel and authority and direction and instruction of the two mightiest, most glorified, most honored, most treasured prophets of the Lord, the one that has shocked the world and raised so many cripples in a short span of time at the record-breaking Grand Mega Men and Guy 4 healing service. Actually, we had been privileged to go uh, very um, many uh, senior pastors in the ministry we were blessed to go and partake of this healing service so for you for those who don't know this healing service actually took place on December 30th last year 2021 and December 31st was a two-day healing service it was free of entry um, it was the most amazing thing that I have ever seen in my life and I still think about it almost every day, ever since we've been back to the States. The healing service was in, uh, in Kenya, Nakuru, Kenya. Uh, the Ministry of Repentance and Holiness had hosted us there. Several pastors from all around North America came from Canada, Ontario, Quebec, uh, Calgary, Toronto, in the States, Maryland, Pennsylvania, uh, New Orleans, I mean Louisiana rather. Colorado, California, all, all parts of, all four corners of the U.S. were there. It was about 70, 50, 70 of us, and uh, it was a very life-changing experience, what we've seen with our own eyes uh, as the pastors in this ministry. You know, to go from the decay and drought of the church, where there's no word, no message, as quiet as a graveyard, our cripples are crippled, our deaf are deaf, they cannot hear, our blind cannot see. It's almost every time that we go to a healing service, people leave with more ailments. And you know, the Lord says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 5, that why should you persist in, in, in beatings, in rebellion? Your whole heart is sick, you're from head to toe, you're covering in, in welts in uh, wet wounds and that was the condition that is the condition of the church but when the mightiest mightiest prophets came the prophets promised in the book of malachi that the lord himself promised would come before the great and dreadful day of the lord before the messiah comes for the church to take the holy church in holiness and righteousness and repentance they read in first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 and 17. The condition of the church was really, really, really bad before they came. And you juxtapose that with what we had seen, what I had seen at Men and Guy 4, and you will be left speechless. That never, ever in my life have I seen any cripple walk. And I've been to many churches. Many churches, you know, preaching the same message. They're not talking about Jesus coming back. It's almost like they gave up on waiting for him to come back. They just got tired 
and they just started worrying about prosperity, worldly living. A big drought in the church. People were preaching a word that they didn't know anything about. Revelations they got from divinity schools, wherever they get it from, wherever they get their theological degrees. And it's left everyone, the pastor, the sheep, everyone empty, starving, hungry for God. And you read in Psalm 42 that as a deer pants for water, we long to meet our God, to be satisfied by his good things, as the Bible promised in many years we wondered if that would ever happen. But when the Lord sent his two prophets in the book of Malachi, boy has that changed indeed that you see the Lord has sent his two mega most glorious prophets that were even glorified there and that can be for a whole another episode altogether because the glory of God manifested we see the message about focusing on the promises of God focusing on the glory but the miracles that men and guy for were so tremendous it, it was so tremendous as an eyewitness flying to Kenya in the middle of coronavirus going to the deep villages of Kenya, going to the village in the Nakuru, down the Rift Valley, and the healing service that happened was life-changing. The most powerful miracle that I had saw out of all of them, and there was many, was a leper who was healed. And it's one thing to read the Bible and hear about leprosy being healed, and it's another thing too as well, to see leprosy healed by the two mightiest prophets of the Lord through TV that you see on the Global Revival Services on Repent Repair the Way YouTube channel that's every Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. The healing, if you've all seen it, of baby Shalin, you can Google it, uh, S-H-A-L-I-N, and it's leprosy healed in Kakamega Revival Meeting 2012. And that miracle within itself, just seeing it on TV was very scary and dreadful because, you know, wow, Jesus is really coming back. But seeing leprosy healed with my own eyes is... I, I, I don't even have the words to even comprehend what I saw. I, I can think of bamboozled, perplexed, confounded, dumbfounded, amazed flabbergasted, whatever words to to just have to symbolize to symbolize overwhelming that God deliberately overwhelmed my heart, the heart of the generation with that miracle and many other miracles to shake us out of apostasy to break the hard heartedness to let us know that we need to repent because the Messiah is coming and you, you, you know, you've heard all these things in the news with the Russia, China, supersonic weapons, whatever, forming NATO and Ukraine. Those are the rumors of wars Jesus talked about. And we know that scripture has been fulfilled. But to see the one who comes to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah heal leprosy. You just fall down and weep and break down and cry because you know the bar has been raised. I look at my life. I know the bar has been raised. I've never seen leprosy. I've never seen a skin disease that looked like that in my own eyes. And I've never seen it healed. And I saw all three of them happen. In 10 seconds, I, oh, the Lord allowed me to record. And the leper was about was a girl about six inches away from me. 
It was the most amazing sign and wonder I've seen in my own life. And there's many miracles that happened, but that one touched my heart so much because I thought about Capernaum. Oh, Capernaum, Capernaum is what I thought about. Yes, that great city that they call the city of Jesus, that the Lord himself judged. And those of you who don't know, you read in Matthew 11, verse 20. I'm not reading, but as a reference, Jesus, when he was on this earth, ministering on his way to the cross to deliver us from our sins, did his most miracles in a city called Capernaum. You go to Google, you can type in Capernaum, you go to images, you should see some that say, uh, clean images rather, that say city of Jesus or the town of Jesus. It's still there to this day. Yet, Jesus judged them. And for those who don't know what I'm saying, because of the miracles he had done, he had done in that town, which were the, he did the most miracles. You can count them. Out of all the miracles he did in a region that was in the one place he did the most. Because of what they saw, and the fact they didn't repent, and that's the reason why God brought the miracle so people repent. He said that you don't have to wait for you to die to go to hell. You've already entered hell. It's essentially what he said in, in layman's term. That Jesus, who is so good, you know, they say God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. They say it in the USA, all the churches on Sunday, they're packed. It's all they want to hear. They just want to hear about a sweet Jesus that you coat in caramel as a sweet God. You know, he's like my brother, my uncle. You love him, and he gives me what he wants. He gives me prosperity gospel. But this Jesus I'm reading my Bible in Matthew 11 compared to the Jesus that you see in the churches and our global Christian TV is two different Jesuses. And it even says in the Bible in 2 Corinthians, I'm not reading that. Are you aware that there's another Jesus that's even being preached? The one that's loving. The one that doesn't judge sin. The one that accepts sin. We know that God loves sinners, but he doesn't love sin. Why he died for us. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish. Those are the sinners he's talking about. And he brings them to eternal life. That same Jesus is the one that is saying now to a city called Capernaum, do you think that you're going to heaven? No, you're going to hell. This day. They didn't have to wait for Judgment Day. Everyone knows what Judgment Day is. They read in the news. They say, oh, the world's coming to an end, apocalypse, whatever. It's in the Bible. It's in Revelation. I'm not reading it. The two prophets of Revelation are here. They can reveal it to you, and you can understand what's going on these times. No one else can uncover that book except the ones who are in it. But notwithstanding, I want to get to the point that this Jesus that we love so much in the USA is not the same Jesus that we read in the Bible. That we say, oh, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, but is he really our Lord? In times of trouble, we call out to him for help. Savior in a time of need. But when it comes to obeying him, and we know obedience is better than sacrifice in that True love is obedience. When it comes to obeying the Lord, it's two different things, two different people. 
it's not one and the same. He says in Luke 6, 46, he says, So why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? And this is a rebuke to the entire generation, to the entire priesthood, to everyone. So many times that whenever things go bad in our lives, and they're because of the consequences of sin. It's not even anything anyone did to us. Oh, the devil did what? It, no, it's we are accountable for our own actions and there's consequences of sin. Adam and Eve, you, I don't even have to go to Adam and Eve. Some, in the New Testament church, because people don't want to believe the Old Testament, the New Testament church, if Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, they walked and lied and died instantly. They lied you can read it on your own time in Acts chapter 5, I think it's verse 1 to 11. Two people were married, husband and wife, and they were giving money to the apostles that they may distribute the needs to the church. It wasn't what you saw now where all oh, laid the money at the feet of the apostle and then they go buy a private jet. No, it was actually to give back to the community, to people. They lied about the money that they gave and they kept half of it. And then Peter, the apostle, said, tell me, is this the amount that you sold the land for? Because they had sold their land for money. And then um, the husband walks in and says, yes. And he died right there. Some young men carry him out and bury him. And then his wife, hours later, not knowing what had happened to her husband, which is amazing because there's supposed to be one. She walks in and Peter, he says, tell me, what's the amount for the land that you sold what did you get back is this the full amount and she says yes this is the full amount and he says how can you lie before the holy spirit and she died right there that this jesus in the new testament church we say god is good god all the time all the time god is good but this jesus in the new testament church he judges sin he hates sin he can't stand sin adam and eve committed one and were pushed out of the garden. You read it in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. The man went rogue. They went evil. They rebelled. They didn't want to leave peacefully. And you see that the Lord stationed. Let me just read it. Let me just read it. Because there was a point when not everyone could get to heaven. And then you see that the miracles that God does in this generation. It's a big, big wake-up call, serious responsibility to accountability. That just by seeing one or even hearing about one or even reading one, the level of judgment will be raised for us. He says in Genesis 3 verse 22, the backstory is that Adam and Eve were created by God, for God, for his pleasure, to worship and obey him. And if they do, they'll live forever. And God's test their heart and told them don't eat uh, from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you can eat from any other tree don't eat that tree and what man does as always the exact opposite of what the lord had said and it started off by conversationing and fellowshipping being friends amigos and compromising to the lie of the devil and then they fell to sin because they ate from the tree and then God immediately cursed them with death. And death wasn't a part of the plan when mankind was created. That's why it's so shocking to see anyone die. 
we all know that people die, you know, 80, 20, I mean, 80 to uh, 90. And now, nowadays it's getting even younger. But, you know, the, the Bible says 120 is the max year. Some people, you know, they think they surpass it, but everyone ends up dying. And God is saying that death wasn't his original intention. That all these things that he's trying to do is because he's soliciting our souls that he wants to fellowship with us. He wants us to come back to him. But how can we come back to him if we're in sin? How can God bless you if you're in sin? How can you enter the kingdom of God if you're in sin? And the Lord had those miracles happen in Menengai 4 to awaken our souls because he knows what it takes to get our attention. That mankind is made with a chip in their heart to know that this is God and I need to get to heaven. They know that this life is temporary things rot in the case so fast it's really it's amazing that we can work so hard for things that we can't even take with us beyond the grave but God wants to fellowship with us and he knows what it takes for us to repent and those miracles even like the one that we were privileged to see as a priesthood in the USA when we went to the land of revival Menegai 4 December 30th December 31st it is causing us to repent and it gives us it gives all of us as a generation God is literally giving us the ability to detect the signs and the times and even to detect sin as a gift of God. And that's what he's doing. That when you see these miracles and you realize, wow, number one, I'm a sinner. And then, wow, number two, the Messiah is coming. And then number three, I need to repent because if he's coming back, I'm not going to enter. Because he says here in Hebrews 12, 14, why God does all these miracles, why men and guy four happen. At such a time like this in a world of coronavirus he says work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord so precious people I just want to share this the testimony of what I've seen in Menegai 4 has shocked me so much now I'm concerned for my fellow countrymen that these miracles that I have seen, and by extension, you all have seen as well too. Because when a miracle happens, the Lord doesn't see the earth as regions and continents and nations and kingdoms. He sees it as one country. We have a responsibility, precious people, to repent. That we need, it's time. It, is, it really is the time to stop everything we're doing and take investment a stock take an audit of our lives that this things that we're doing is it going to lead us to the kingdom of god because in heaven there's peace there's joy there's righteousness there's fellowship with you see jesus face to face you have a mansion with your name on it that you don't work for and you know that god has been and it's, it starts like this it, the heaven and earth and all the things were made in six days you read it in Genesis seventh day God rested 2,000 years Jesus said in John 14 I go to prepare a place for you what do you think that place would look precious people what do you think it would look like God himself his own hands designing making your mansion the architect the greatest architect himself all those things are up there for us plus many more river of life tree of life that you get to eat that you live forever and there's no 
war, no contention, no evil, no strife, no pride, no nothing. It's all happiness and joy, true happiness. And you juxtapose that with hell. When you have maggots in the inside, trillions of them, and eating your veins, your organs, your eyes, your spleen, your nose, your eyeballs, your brain, and, and demons cracking your, your skull daily and your tongue is, 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 is being cut off because of your teeth biting. And, and it's very terrible. And you look at the two options, it's very easy to pick which one. No fool can err on this way. But remember, precious people in the USA, and I have to tell you, because the love of Jesus in me, remember the rich man. Luke 16, verse 19, 31, the rich man, he thought he had the favor of God in his life. He thought he was going to heaven because he was very rich and successful and prosperous. He thought he was entering. He thought God was pleased with him. He thought money was the sign of the favor of God. Many times people think they're poor, they're cursed, or God doesn't love me, God doesn't like me. Yet Lazarus was poor and he entered. Jesus, people wanted to follow him. He says, foxes have dens, birds have nests, son of man has no place to lay his head. The Lord Jesus himself was homeless. It's not a bad thing to be poor. But in Matthew 5, he says that blessed are the poor, for they will inherit the kingdom of God, poor in spirit. But the rich man was very satisfied in his spirit with the things of this world, materialism, worldliness, the gospel prosperity, where he thought he was entering heaven, and then one day he went to sleep, and then he woke up in hell. May that not happen to any single American in the United States of America, or even in Canada or North America. To live your life and to toil for all these things, vanity, smoke, you read in Ecclesiastes, chasing wind, and then to wake up in hell. In hell, you can never, ever make your way back to heaven. Whatever stays in, he in hell is there forever. So precious people, may these miracles cause you to repent. Precious people, may the judgment of God cause you to repent. And in closing, I want to read one scripture in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 20. Isaiah 30, verse 20 says, this is what the Lord says, Though the Lord gave you bread of adversity, and suffering for drink, water of affliction in different versions. He will still be with you to teach you. You will see your teacher with your own eyes. Verse 21, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go, whether to the right or to the left. Essentially saying that after judgment, you'll listen to the prophets of the Lord. Because after judgment comes repentance. People come to the Lord. But why hasn't this people repented why haven't the united states of america repented when the lord himself has said that he'll teach america a lesson if we don't repent so until next time i've been your host pastor trace or in the ministry of repentance and holiness been a great pleasure until next time we'll see you again shalom shalom